Welcome to How Not to DM. I'm your host, Derek. Thanks for joining me on my quest to interview the very best dungeon masters on this plane of existence. Before we get started, I need to shout out my newest patron, Garrett. Thanks so much for your support. If you'd like to support the show, want a shout out on my next episode, or want an inside scoop on my upcoming guests, consider joining. You can find the link to my Patreon in my episode notes, my link tree, or by heading to patreon.com slash hn the number 2 dm. One more quick announcement that I'm really excited about before we begin. I have a few friends in the podcasting world, like Bombarded, who donate a percentage of their ad and patron money to good local causes, so I've decided to follow suit. As of January 2022, 10% of the money I bring in from ads and supporters like you will be donated to Encircle, a nonprofit organization with a mission to bring the family and community together to enable LGBTQ youth to thrive. Encircle has built a couple of homes locally and is planning on building others in neighboring cities and states for LGBTQ youth to have a place to hang out and enjoy a safe space. They have daily programs, friendship circles, offer therapy on site, and even have a D&D club. It's on hiatus because of COVID, but I'm excited to go join in on the fun once they're able to start playing again. Overall, I think it's an amazing cause and I'm really excited to help support it. You can learn more about what Encircle does by checking out their website or the link to their Twitter account in my episode notes. And now, let's get to the guest intro. Hamilton and I have been talking for months about a collaboration, so I'm really excited our schedule's finally lined up. He's an incredibly creative person who I look up to a lot in the TTRPG space. Hamilton created and runs a really fun show called Dragon's Duel, which combines improv games with D&D character creation to make an awesome source of entertainment that's different than normal actual play shows, although lately, he dabbles in those too. A quick content warning for this episode, we briefly mentioned tobacco and alcohol use, and there's a couple of mentions of a podcast whose name includes a mild insult. I've included the name in the episode notes for your reference. Enjoy! I'm Hamilton. <laughs> I live in the UK. I live in the southwest of the UK. In my day job, when I'm not fighting crime, I am an architect. Some say extraordinaire, some don't. <laughs> By night, I am a DM on uh, the Dragon's Duel, which is a D&D game show that I came up with that's now doing other things. But yeah, how did I get into tabletop role-playing? I've talked about this before with, with uh, when I started DM Book Club with with Fiona and on another sort of interview thing. And I had I have two introductions to tabletop role playing games. So when I was like a preteen, sort of like nine, ten, eleven, I got really into Warhammer, uh, Warhammer Forty K. It was really big in the UK in the sort of early nineties, well, mid nineties. And a lot of friends at school were into it. And then with that, I had some friends, I had a particular friend, actually, just like, and, and a sort of an adjacent friend who were into Dungeons & Dragons. And so through them, I would play a one-shot. I'd come in and just play a character. You know, we just, it wasn't like, there was no, I don't even think we ever talked about campaigning or anything like that. All I remember is sort of like, hey, we're going to play Dungeons & Dragons today. Want to play? Like, it's like a board game. And it'd be like, here's your character. It's pretty much pre-rolled or they would make one for me and I would, or I'd be playing someone else's character. And I, I can't even remember what stories we did. It was just fight monsters. 
And then that friend actually moved to America. I had a weird introduction to Dungeons and Dragons, which I've talked about before, about uh, a six o'clock in the morning trip to Glastonbury with their parents to put stones oh, yeah. into the tour. Oh, yeah. So it, <laughs> I think other people have heard this story. So, uh, and that's another, and then we got some books. And that's how we kind of got, I got into the sort of books of D&D, which I then stuck with whilst I sort of moved away from the from the game and sort of like, I don't know, became a teenager and was all about rock and roll and smoking cigarettes <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so i don't know that's what teenagers do i guess and then i i, I don't know i just kind of like i got into video games more and, and sort of just like you know came back to it when i moved back i was living in london for a few years and i got really big into like destiny do you remember the game destiny yeah oh i spent so and I, that kind of got me on the internet and then got me listening to like a bit of podcasts a bit more about games and gaming and then that's kind of when i found critical role and and sort of tabletop and uh shut up and sit down those sort of people because i was thinking like oh that's kind of interesting like it's adjacent to like playing video games all the time and at the same time i moved back to bath where i live now so i thought oh i need to try and reconnect and make some new friends because actually i was here for university i went to london for like five years and then came back so a lot of my friends had moved so I thought what's a group hobby that I could join well his board gaming group literally opposite where I worked on a Tuesday night so I went down there and played some board games and then I saw some people playing D&D you know in the corner like going who are these people making all the fun noise and laughing and stuff and I asked if I could join but they had no room but then with that I just did a meetup and met some people and played some D&D and that was it and that was in about 2018 I think 2017-18 sort of time so coming on for five four or five years yeah yeah, I started playing around a similar time, but now that you're saying four or five years ago, I'm realizing it has been quite a while since I started. It just feels like a couple years ago all the time, especially now that we're... Anyway, you know what I mean. Yeah, I know, yeah. When you found those people playing uh, and you kind of created your own group, how soon after that did you start running the games? Was it immediate or did you play for a while and then decide, I'm going to start running games? Yeah, so no, I started, we started playing, we actually, well, like, so when I joined this group, we were like searching for a DM and all of us were like, oh, who's going to DM, you know, that awkward sort of like feeling. And a lot of people in a very similar boat had been into D&D when they were younger and were getting back into it now. So we all had some knowledge of it, but not enough to feel confident. And I was going, all right, fine. I started the group. I'm happy to take on the role of DM when suddenly like the clouds parted and this magical figure came through and said, Hey, I saw you guys talking on meetup. Do you remember meetup the app? That's what we were using. You're looking for a DM. I will DM for you. And I was like, who are you? Who is this prophet? Who is this? Who is this magical person who's come to see us? And it was a guy named Joe who is actually a video game developer by day. So like, and he had a world and he was already DMing another group. And he said, look, I already want to start another group. And we did really. And he, he took it on for about a year. Uh, he was DMing. And then it wasn't until I think the, I think we started in the January of 2018, let's say. And I think I DMed a Halloween special for everyone because I thought that's a good way. I, like, I was always wanting to do it. and I was really getting understanding the rules now and reading all the books. So I thought, OK, yeah, I'd love to have a go. And they were all up for it. So I did a a weird, crazy very Hamilton style one shot that was just had way too many ideas and way too many things and took four and a half hours and didn't even finish it sort of thing but there you go and uh, <laughs> that doesn't sound like you yeah oh no what are you on about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um yeah and then and then 
it came to the we kept playing for a bit and then it came to the pandemic and uh the guy who was dming got really busy with a job uh, that he was running like a, he was doing some work for a game and so i said you know what i'm up for i'm up for taking over the role and that's what i did and then just dm from there for about a year and a half until i started what i do now yeah and we'll get to that we'll we'll talk about dragon's duel kind of in the second half here yeah. so all right the question i love to ask the the whole yeah. point of the show is learning from everybody's awful awesome mistakes that they've made <laughs> So, yeah. what are some of the worst mistakes you have made running games, and what lessons did you take away from all of these uh, errors that you you kind of stumbled into? I like this one because it's I've got a lot of mistakes I've made, a lot of things to probably say to people, but have I learned from them? Probably not. <laughs> Shh! Don't don't say that. They're supposed to learn. Everyone's <laughs> supposed to learn from this. No, they can learn from. They can learn from me. I just, um, I just, I, I just cannot change. <laughs> that's the. That's what I'm realizing. But no, um, I think like as I said, like I, what I picked up on it in the last one. That's uh, is that you know, I find myself coming up with ridiculous amounts of ideas, and I want to just shove everything into one session. And the, and there's sort of two lessons I've learned from that. There's the the simple and obvious one, which is that you know putting too much in means you're not going to hit half the things you want to do also it can make it completely confusing and chaotic for people that are playing it so i think i have learned how to manage it so that it's less i'm very much more aware of like coming up with all these crazy ideas and and like threads and this is going to weave into this is that some people are just going to go what are you i have no idea what's going on and so i feel that being much more like just taking a step back and going okay what what thread and narrative we're trying to do and i'm learning that a little bit more as well from i'm working with some other dms uh, on our show and just seeing other dms work and listening to more shows just seeing a lot more simplicity in an idea and really just taking a concept and and just saying like here's one or two good concepts make that work really hard for you and then you can run with it and actually and i think that's a really good lesson to learn i think the other one with that is you coming to the table as a dm with a billion ideas is there are five or six or seven or two or however many people in front of you with equally incredible ideas and abilities and actions that will infer something that will be even better than you've ever thought of. And so over that like initial, like the one shot was a one shot, but once I started doing the campaign, you know, I really came up, we got, I really worked with some backstories with the, the characters, really worked up some really fun, interesting things. And I brought a lot to the table from that and I added loads onto the on layers onto it but what actually what happened was they just brought it with them you know so I'd come up with all these like different theories and how they could all interact but then once you just start I even just put like one thing which was uh I had that their character had uh he was a child out of wedlock and his father sort of like didn't know of his birth but then had found out later but someone was in was pretending to be him and impost like as an imposter trying to and the, the father was a noble and all I said was he walked into a bar and someone came in and he looked very similar to him. And then like he noticed his character and he looks at you, you look at him and there's a sort of connection and then he runs out the door and then they just went with it and they just ran off and they just came up with how it would work. And it was a better story for it in the end. And so I didn't need all this extra stuff I'd lay it on actually, because they just, from that simple moment, they they took ideas from it so did they turn it into like a long lost twin kind of thing instead 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. Nice. That's exactly it, which I didn't see. I thought it was like he was just dressing up like this person. And I was like, yeah, okay, no, let's run with that. So much because they said that's their theory. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm up for that. And it became a much more complicated and and uh, intricate web of things. And so that's my my answer is like, let your character, let your players through that table, beyond that table, make it so much more collaborative. It's something I learned as well as simplify your concepts, simplify to a point, but don't obviously make it boring, but just keep a few in reserve <laughs> of chaos. And my third and final one is do embrace that chaos though when it comes, because it's, you know, I can't, I'm never going to be able to give up on it. And that's what I'm never going to learn. Like I'm never going to stop being overly chaotic and putting way too much on my players. Like, you know, chucking 20 different people in the, like I, I remember when I did Waterdeep Dragon Heist, I said all of them, instead of having one bad guy, I had all four of them as bad guys. All four of them were going after it. <laughs> that's so crazy. Of course, yeah, no. So I did that, and uh, when we went to, the, if we will know the, know the, do you know the campaign at all? Do you yeah, know at all. Yeah. So you know the Gralhan Manor bit when you go into the manor. I had it that they were going in with the Bregendarth at the same time as then the Zentarim <laughs> attack, and then two seconds later, like like literally, like two seconds, like two minutes later, right? Yeah, okay. The castle, the Castellanters <laughs> jump in and start like control, put like control spells on everyone. And then suddenly Xanathar appears. <laughs> and I was like, yes. I knew I knew that was gonna be the last thing. <laughs> Xanathar appears and steals the object and then disappears off. And I was like, you know, it was just so they had so much fun and they were pretend and they were supposedly working both with Zentarum and Brendagandar, so they were playing off each other and it was I was so it was just chaos. And yeah, so don't don't give up on that either. So what are some of your favorite memories then of improv, combat, role-playing, that kind of thing in your games, if if you haven't chatted about them already? Yeah, I mean, I, obviously that was a lot of fun, but that's me bringing the fun. Do you know what I mean? But where the ones that I've like seen, I think the first one that I was going to say, very simple, is in that campaign and the sort of that realization of the players was another one was just like, they were having a meeting with Yagra, which is the, the Zentarum sort of uh, character in, in Dragon Heist. And I just suddenly realized we're an hour into the game and we've been talking for about 45 minutes in character. I just sort of sat back and was like, oh, this is really cool. <laughs> like, this is happening. This is really working. You know, and I'm like arguing as, as, as Yagra about them and, and they're like giving me other options for things. And I'm just like, we're actually really doing this. And I think that was the moment that I thought, this is possible. Like what I'm seeing out there is possible. It's not actually magic and uh so that is something that was very important to me i think that moment and it's not like a crazy thing it was just such a simple but effective in memory for me and then there's something from our one shots which i just can't not mention which is we did so we do like one shots with dragon's jewel and there was one called the Githfits, which was like a battle of the bands uh, not only did they do a fun we had fun with like a battle of bands for the first half where they came up with the band names which is why again open up to your players because we ended up fighting Acid Splash, Rathatarask, and the Spice Girls. <laughs> and so I had to, you know, role play as the Spice Girls. And they compelled uh, Gith Ginger Spice to their team. But what happened halfway through is the floor opens out and they end up in a dragon cultist layer, right? So we do all the fun battle bands. And I thought in my head, this is just going to turn into, you know, fighting. And this kind of relates back to open up to your players. 
instead of fighting any of the cultists they found and on their way through this this little mini dungeon crawl, they did miniature performances to convert them to their entourage. So they just sort of played, they just kind of like got the t-shirt cannon out, they started doing like all the magical spells that they'd learned to like get like uh, acid uh, ray, like little acid splashes to like make that little like, so it like dance in the air, dancing lights, and they would open up a door you know, wouldn't like check for traps. They just kick open a door and start playing a guitar. And I'd say roll for performance and see if they could convert these cultists to their to the entourage. It was a beautiful moment for me just watching people just come up with that and just do that in the game and make it. That's what it should have been. I should have thought of that, but they did it, and it was uh, it's a lot of fun. Oh, that sounds really cool. I'll have to go check that one out. Who are some of the greatest influences on your style? of running games do you feel like are there a few that kind of stick out in your mind that you try to emulate or model your game after yeah i mean it's interesting because you know like critical role obviously just what that did is that just influenced me into like seeing what the game can be do you know what i mean like from when i was a teenager it was just a preteen like playing it it was just silly fighting throwing dice you know it wasn't a role-playing thing and i think what they showed me along with other people like high rollers as well which is another one i watch a lot of it's just they showed me that that sort of game is possible and that was incredible and that's what i what i so that's influenced me in the fact that I, I you can make a game anything the possibilities of what the game needs to be from like just a simple combat mechanic to a role-playing game to the sort of silly things that i do as well you know that's and th- there is one particular which was the the high rollers did a did a dragon heist which sort of I- influenced me when i chose it as a game to play myself they did it and they had like a pool of dice that they could take to add to their role so it was just silly everyone had to have a, a rogue uh class and they and the, the way that mark played that game was just with a bon vivant for a better term like just a, an absolute just like with just joy the whole time and everyone was having fun and and it was had good role play and it had interesting mechanics and the story was just exciting and i thought that's what really influenced me to be like this game could be something i can interact with on a level that i enjoy but if there's a dm out there that i think wow i'd like to be as good as is uh dick dynamite from the backwater bastards he is just i think what his worlds he come up with the characters he creates are great but i don't think it's just not who i am but it's like i love that like as in like not that i can't create great worlds of characters but as in he just creates this whole every single character is incredibly just amazing every npc and he just does it with that with so much ease so respect that but i think outside of that it's more movies comic books and videos and stuff like that and like cartoons and everything like that kind of influences me more than probably a particular style of game i've seen and now a word from how not to dm's sponsor chamomile presents ornyat's guide to dragons This sourcebook has got playable dragons and half-dragons, rules for aerial combat and fighting kaiju, a bunch of new abilities for all 15 chromatic dragon fights from young to ancient, and more. Kickstarting January 16th to 31st, and available from DriveThruRPG and Itch.io starting in March. Check out the episode notes for links. Now, let's get back to the show.
And now it's time for Quickfire Chaos. Welcome to Quickfire Chaos, a game where Hamilton and I are going to roll some random numbers on a D100 table and then roleplay the situation that we roll up here. So let's get rolling. Okay, D100. I got a 20. 20. 20. Okay, always seems to be chewing something. See, I do this to my players, and this is just now me getting it. <laughs> always <laughs> seems to be chewing. Okay, yeah. Next is personality yeah. trait. That was 97. Ooh, all the way down. Okay. 97. Selfish. Concerned chiefly only with oneself. <laughs> okay. Always chewing something. Selfish. Yeah. I could see a character forming yep. in my mind here. I'm sure you've got one too. Now, what is their job? 68. 68. They are a soldier. Soldier. And then lastly, the fetch quest item. The MacGuffin. Yes, indeed. Uh, oh, uh, one. <laughs> one. A travel journal from a party that perished on an expedition. Kaz, the mighty Manticore, we appear before you and ask, what would you have us do? Hmm, well, I have quite a, quite a, ta a task for some mighty warriors. Don't look mighty enough to me, I must admit. We show can me prove your, our metal. Yeah, prove your metal. Tell me the, the, the greatest beast that you vanquished in your, in your battles. We have slain. A hydra. A hydra? Mm -hmm. Well, I could do that in my sleep, but fine. I'll, your measly humans can probably... That's probably a bit hard for you. Okay. We know you're quite busy, which is yep. why you need our help. Yes, well, I'm always busy. Mm, just give me a second. I've got to soak up my teeth. <clears throat> oh, God. Dear, that was the last party. Anyway, <clears throat> anyway, yes. Uh, well, I have this journal. Uh, they didn't. They didn't. Uh, they weren't up to snuff those those lots. So um, I thought I'd have dinner. Um, the journal. Uh, I need. Uh, well, party. The last party before, and this is why I ask of your of your your caliber, is because uh, they perished on this expedition with a, with a travel log. I asked them to go and um, and record some data for a for a, a, a new. Well, there was forward scouting for the next invasion, and um, and uh, I need that journal. Hmm. I see. Sharpie. Where did you send this party? Well, over the, the high crest of the mountains, they went up there. I mean, there was a dragon in a lair I was aware of. I didn't mention it because I thought, well, if it comes up, it's too late. So um, I sent them that way. And, um, and uh, yeah, somewhere around there. If you hear dragons roaring, it's probably close by. My, my lord, do you know what type of dragon it is? I think it's an ancient white dragon, nothing major. <laughs> well, uh, I suppose it explains how the party was so well preserved when they were brought back to you. Uh, well, yes, yes, they were. Um, no, that was another party, sorry. I lost one in there. I ate the ones who came and interviewed before you, sorry, because they just were, they looked more tasty than they did. Uh, I see. Um, I have not bathed in weeks, yes. sir. You, you, I would not taste good. 
No, you smell rancid. <laughs> I'm very sorry. So, um, it's a good trick. Uh, people, my servants have learned this as well. So I'm, um, I'm starting to bathe them more regularly by force. <laughs> Just in case. Well, uh, we shall go and we shall fetch this journal from beyond the mountains and bring it back to you. We may drop it off at your front door and flee, but we will do this job for you. <laughs> well, I'll give you that you're intelligent, then. <laughs> You've learned something from this encounter. I fear... I, I, I fear you... Well, no. Go on. We'll see. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Call in the next one, David. I think we're going to need a second a second uh, set. Yes, go on. We're, Good luck. Bye-bye. Yes, we, we will go, Cass. We will go. So, Hamilton, you've talked a little bit about Dragon's Duel, which is a show of your creation. It is your brainchild. It's your baby. So tell us about what it is, how it came to be, and how it has morphed into what it is today. Right. Yes. So how, well, let's start from the start from the beginning. Let's roll back the clock. It was September. Yeah, mid-pandemic. So like first part of the pandemic, I really got back it like I was as I say I'm playing this campaign, like continuing this home campaign now online. I also like now I've got more time as at home because like, you know, not traveling to work as much and and also we can't go out in the evenings. So like looking for things to like engage with and, and spend time with friends. I also got like oh someone I didn't mention earlier, like when you're saying about my influences, like I have this really good friend of mine called Dan when we were kids kicking about in that teenage 15 to 25 age group age when I was smoking cigarettes <laughs> and drinking drinks we used to just muck about doing like YouTube videos that um have fortunately deleted uh from the internet now but we used to just muck about and just like make up stupid stories like all the time it's one of these things when you think like we should have been doing D&D like 10 years ago because we'd have had so much more fun yeah because we just like we just used to make up these characters and do like film ourselves with my like old VHS camera and stuff like that and and then when phone cameras came out we used those and stuff and we used to cut them together so yeah I started a game with him as well and some of our friends to keep in contact with some friends as well and I was realizing I'm really doing this D&D stuff and so it was on my mind a lot and I started doing more DM skills sort of stuff some supplements and stuff so I thought hey you know what it's time it's time I started this this got into this podcast malarkey that people that I've been I've like listened to a load of podcasts I think this will be fun but what do I do I don't want to just do I just don't want to do a get an actual play it's just not what I wanted to start really and I woke up at like four o'clock in the morning one day and just had this idea like I don't know I was just sitting there lying there thinking as you do and going like you know what there's like six ability scores like what if you had those like rounds like in a game like they could be like rounds like what games would you make for like strength and what would you make for that would you make people like do strength and then that next day I got went to work and I was like scribbling notes all throughout the day and stuff like that and I got to home and I was like I had this game called Dragons. What was it called Dragons Jewel then? It was just called Dragons in capital letters because I thought that's a working title. And I had this idea for this like game show where you like you could make you could score the points in all the in all the in all the skills. I had it much more like physical, like you'd have to do physical activities with strength and dexterity would be like doing magic tricks or something like that. And then I realized that that's not going to work. But it kind of evolved over a while. And I finally kind of got to a point where I was like this is a really cool concept. It originally used to have like at the end of every game, you would make these characters, you'd make like four characters and you would then like battle them against each other in like a PVP thing. But that turned out into like, we did a couple of like, so then I went on Reddit, found some some people to join me. So that's where I found Ryan, who's still on board. I found Luna Ryan, 
And uh, and then on Twitter, I found like Brain Adventures by just saying this is my concept. People interested. So yeah, the Brain Adventures people and, and Rita like as well and, and Luna Ryan have all gone off because they got their own things to do. But Ryan still I still kept Ryan, <laughs> still cornered Ryan. But yeah, we workshops some like session zeros, did like different testing, or play testing of the ideas, and that's when we got rid of the battle things. And we thought one shots at the end of the season is a good idea. Yeah, and it started out as like a podcast, so it was like so just for people who don't know it, you play six rounds vaguely related to the six ability modifiers you score points towards a character that you randomly roll for race and alignment at the beginning you get a name for your character we then do very much like who's line as anyway games i've stolen a lot from that so it's like we add up dice one and then and then i ask you like trivia questions then there's more the improv ones where it's like say sentences they're only four words three words two words one word and and they're going around and they have to do that and i score them on points and how well they do and there's obviously trivia ones like say spell names backwards and they have to guess what they are and and then our favorite the charisma rounds which are more the sort of like i give them like what we do an adventure is wanted which is like blind date but they come up with a famous character or, or actor or celebrity and no and the other people don't know it and they have to pretend to be that person and have to then also like have character quirks and get them across and so they get the points and at the end they roll for class so they might get a 25 in charisma they might get a, a one in intelligence and roll a wizard which makes it so much fun and we've had that <laughs> and then we take those crazy characters on some one shots since we started a podcast which was which was fun and i enjoyed the podcast but it was a lot of editing it was a lot of like delayed sort of interaction with people and i felt like i would re- i didn't really know much about twitch other than people play video games on there and that critical role is on there but i don't know does that mean anything but I then started to get into, involved in the community much more, which for anyone out there who's thinking of starting to DM or get into the game, like get yourself into the community because there are so many great people out there who are willing to chat with you, want to chat with you about things and are willing to help as well. I got invited by Lorai from, she did like a charity stream. So I said, look, I think my game show would work really well for charity streams. Like I'd love to try it as a Twitch. So that was like my test run. And we had so much fun. And the buzz, I can't tell you, like it was such a buzz because you're like people interacting there and then to the game show that we've been just doing like in my room with my headphones on talking to people across the world. But this was just like people interacting with the barbarian rule that we have and like, you know, really taking the piss out of me most of the time, which is a lot of it's easily people's favorite things to do. And I'm totally fine with that. And so we thought, yeah, second season for those one shots, we'll go to Twitch and then we'll start second season on Twitch. And that's where we've been. And then that was season two and we did that. It was great. We had like D&D Beyond people on. We had Amy Dallin on. We had like Rolled Together RPG, all these like amazing people on the show. But and I, I can't name all of them. They're all amazing. I'd want to, obviously, because they're all great. But um, I don't want to take up all your show. But um, what problem with that was that having guests on every week was difficult you know this <laughs> you know this yes yeah this leads into my next question which is what are some of the pitfalls of running a, a stream like this yeah. with all these different participants yeah so exactly. yeah chat with us about that well let's let's we'll overlap that yeah so that's the thing it was just like it's a lot like i was i mean ryan is really helpful but like brain adventures i said and the other the other crew were like very much like had their own things so i couldn't really rely on them too much so a lot of what you see is me like 80 percent is me and 20 percent is ryan ryan's gonna <laughs> hate me for saying that <laughs> so no but he what i mean is like it's like i would come up with the, the the questions i'd have to come up with like the format find all these things you know if you see all the games it's like 
I got to think of questions for trivia. I've got to think of a few role playing scenes. I've got to find some movies that I need to find scripts for to, for that game, and that took a lot of work weekly. On top of managing <laughs> managing like two sets of guests every week, like from two different podcasts, making sure they're there at the same time, making sure they know what the games are, explaining that to them, be here at this time, do all the overlays, do all the blah, 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 blah. Anyway, it got too much. I will admit I was very burnt out by the end of season two. And the one shots were great fun. They were really good, like breather. And I was like, I was so enjoying them. We had a really good little story that is silly and like very much our own that we'd Built, they built up this lore from our one shots like mini campaigns i'd call them probably i keep calling them one shots but they really became two mini campaigns at the end of each season and so we thought after season three we sort of went away and like i had a few ideas for different things i was going to do like a city of mist campaign and stuff but we said nah just gonna just do some beat dm's book club which was a nice sort of breather and just been playing with that for a while and coming up with what season three is which is doing an actual play that runs alongside a game show that is once a month. So we still get to create our characters. We created the characters for the new season on the one on the game show, but then we can just do the the layout and the overlay is the same every week. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because the players are all the same each week. I mean, I'm having guest DMs and all that stuff. You know, my first episode's got a guest DM for crying out loud. Like I can't help myself, but um, you know, and then it's once a month I need to manage getting a load of guests on. And, uh, and then we can feed that back in. Those characters will feed back into the, to the game. So that's how it's evolved. And it's evolved really from just jumping headlong into it and doing what I always do, which is I am not someone who can sit on something. If I've got an idea, I just need to do it and get on with it. And like, it's probably ADHD. I don't know what it, what, what it conditioned is, but it's just so, and, and finding out as I go, I'm just one of those people that like, if I want to learn a program, I just open it up and just muck about until I figure it out sort of thing. So I won't watch tutorials, I'll watch tutorials like halfway through and go, what am I doing wrong? But I'll just, so this is, so if that explains why, like it's just developed each season into something new. Um, and obviously we're having two actual plays instead of one and we're having multiple multiverses and split timelines. Like, I mean, you know, I can't, I, I really can't help myself. Someone help me. <laughs> I'm calling you out there. No, but um, so yeah, that's, so that's where, what it is and that's how it's evolved. But yeah, those are the pitfalls I, I, I say is like, make sure you're you know, managing your own time, get a good team behind you as much as you can and just make, and also like something I've learned as well is like being able to just say no sometimes is a really big thing. Like, you know, I'm very much like, yeah, I want to do that because I want to do all these things. I want to guest on all these shows. I want to do, like, I've got all these ideas, but once you get into this world, it's very easy to like really enjoy it so much that you just don't want to do anything else sometimes. And so it's just it's a, like a bit like any addiction, I guess. It's just like you've got to just manage that and be conscious of what you're like. Don't burn out. Just take it easy and at your own pace. And don't worry if that if you're going to go down that road, don't worry too much about is that going to work for the viewers? Unless you're like saying, I want you want to I want to make this my life in two years. And that's what you want to do. And you're sort of accepting that role then yeah, you might do a lot more than I'm doing. But if you're doing this like I am, which is like between work and family, you've got to just try and find those those balances. Yeah. All right. Next then is what are some of the benefits of having so many different guests and, and running these kinds of shows? Uh, and then what are some of your favorite moments that have come up um, in the streams? So that, I mean, that, those are the benefits are the guests and the people that I've met. Like I 
now consider a lot of these people some of my really good friends like it's just kind of weird i um i've just gained a whole raft of people that i like chatting to uh, all the time and so you know ryan is like my confidant my right hand like always there just to just chat with but there's just other people in the community like that fiona who i met through the show like fiona was a get like i said i'm looking for guests for the podcast uh open call she said, yeah, I'm interested. Like, that was it. I'd, I'd listened to, actually, I had listened to one of her episodes because I was looking for a book club, a Diaz book club sort of idea when I was looking for it. I was actually looking for, like, Drizzt novel book club, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Yeah, and without that, I've met Fiona and become part of that show. But also, like, I don't know, I consider, like, the From Afar podcast guys, like David Tilstra and Mark uh, from Cast Eye, like, just like people that I've just had so much fun with them on the show and like all the backwater bastards uh, they were like great I, I want to mention I'm gonna have to now mention everyone but I'm just come these are just the ones that they're only coming up because they come up in that second part of the question but um yeah it's just having just being able to meet some new fantastic and interesting folk and really yeah make new friends it's been great I just love it and that's why I want to continue the guest thing in season three because really i want to bring back a lot of people because i've had like they were just some of the characters we've made they've just been so crazy and wonderful and yeah and uh, the people they're just such amazing players people and professionals really i don't know it's just yeah just great so you've mentioned you come up with ideas constantly lots of different ones you know and and your show has had lots of different concepts and ideas you know you've done lots of different games and and um, one shots and campaigns and that kind of thing so where do you get these ideas you know what what kind of is the the thing that you feel like triggers them or or is it you know something different entirely yeah I mean it's a it's a good question I mean I think it's uh, I I don't know where exactly they all come from I mean I think obviously like a lot of stuff I brought I can a lot of stuff in our show it's like Marvel in influence just because we've got multiverses but that's just I mean that's as much it's in the zeitgeist and it's just it's works what we're doing and it's like why not just do that because that's great fun and I think that's where a lot of the ideas come from it's just also just I think the thing that I wrote down and it's something that I remember from my architecture degree and it's like I my first year of my degree is architecture I really didn't actually enjoy it I didn't get what I was doing I didn't get I like I'd come from a more art and science background than and a mathematics as well but like that's what they say you should do but actually architecture is a completely different field it's very much like very narrative driven and stuff like that and and that's how you create good architecture but I didn't quite get it at first until someone said to me and like my sort of like main mentor there at university sort of said like you know, the trick to getting really into into architecture and like really making your own is bringing yourself to the to, to the to the drawing board right so like what are you interested in like what do you love and I was like well I love music and I love stories you know like I really enjoy like novels and books and stuff and writing stories and he said well then do that you know make that what your buildings are about you know you've got to do all the functional stuff and that's that's you know doors got to go there but you want to make great buildings and have like have a really strong concept behind them it's about bringing your own self into like what the design is and stuff like that. And so I thought the same when it came to this, like I just bring me to the table and that's, that's how it works. I can't really say where all those influences come from. It's just like, I just say like, like the gift fits. I love music. So we made a battle of the bands. I love all the Marvel stories. We come up with that. It's like, I want chaos. That's what I enjoy. So I'm going to bring chaos to the table and I love to just en- en- revel in it, you know? So 
that's probably my biggest piece of advice for any DM out there is bring yourself to the table and player, you know, just bring you to the table whenever, whatever you're doing, even if you're role playing, just influences whatever you've got. And uh, that will make it your own over anything else. You can emulate anyone as much as you want, but nothing's going to be as good as you. I like that. Do you have any ideas that sh- that have come to you that are really cool, but probably not practical or probably won't happen? <laughs> yeah. I do. Uh, and the, the one I, I, I've got a lot and I try to cut it down to just one idea that I think is a pretty good one that I really I'm going to make happen at some point, but I don't know when it's five DMs and you have one player. It's a eight episode arc or something like that or, or a full campaign if I had the time, but you get five DMs, like really confident DMs and they play the other party members, but they know the story. You know, they know kind of what the story, DMs, but they sort of like, we all collectively come up with the story as the DMs. And we make this like a singular focus, like uh, a story focused on one player's journey, like a classic movie idea. So it's just like, go on the hero's journey or something like that. You know, like, for example, if it's Star Wars, Luke Skywalker is the one player and all the other DMs play different characters and they just kind of rotate, take on a role here and there. They're always there on hand to play everyone else. And maybe they just kind of, you roll, I don't know, you just take on, every time a new one turns up, the next person in the row plays the next NPC or player or character. And as they join characters, they join up. But it means that party doesn't can be split because Luke Skywalker goes off halfway through to meet Yoda. I'm using this as now. But then, so then the DMs just stay there, the same DMs, but then they one of them will be playing Yoda and the other one will play the ghost of Darth Vader, you know, like if you were doing that story. And then you could cut to other storylines, you know, as well, if you wanted to. Yeah. Would, would each of them still adjudicate rules or would there be one DM to rule them all? Ah, well, this is the thing. I think you would, I think you would adjudicate when you're, you would adjudicate the next one along for who's ever playing. So if a DM is in a group, whoever's not in the sort of like, melee is sort of adjudicating so then they would be directing the story as well with whilst the dm is sort of directing the story as the npc because they kind of know where it needs to go do you see what i mean so like the dm knows where it's going to go so they can sort of be the the obi-wan sort of pushing them in the right direction slightly and you know as the other dms what that story needs to be so you can be adjudicating it's complicated i'm not as i said it's not you asked me for a hard one but i think it could be (laughs) i did i did i think it would be like if it could work, it could be really cool. And that one person's journey would be like, imagine being that one player and you've got five amazing DMs in front of you that you would just be like, <laughs> that you could bounce off. And it means that like the, the accents and the and the DM storyline is then, is that thing that I was saying, like you bring yourself to each one. If you've got five selves bringing those characterizations and those NPCs and all that stuff, like that story's going to be wild. It would <laughs> right? be, so, yeah. So very interesting i have never heard of someone like there's one group out there that i know of that does two dms and they like kind of work against each other which is a little anyway there's a group out there that does two dms but i've never heard of more than that so this would be very interesting what an idea yeah i know so one day one day i mean if i if someone would just like want to send me a few million so i could quit my job and then i could just do all these things that'd be really helpful <laughs> because i got, I got, I would love to just be able to do this all the time but yeah maybe maybe five hundred thousand to hamilton and five hundred thousand to me so whoever you are yeah exactly i don't really, really appreciate yeah, it exactly i mean yeah i'll take half a mil i'll take half a mil <laughs> in pounds not dollars though <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I, I also will take half a million in pounds yeah <laughs> So you mentioned 
kind of your biggest advice you feel like is bring yourself to the table anything to add there to um to the dms out there i think as i said i said a few actually out there like if you're interested in getting into this or streaming like beyond but if you're just like as a dm purely i'd say like yeah the things are bring yourself to the table and bring the other side of the table across the board basically across past that partition line as much as you can you know you've got to create secrets and you've got to keep things from them but let them in and uh, allow them to do what they do best which is be players because that's that's always great i think um and the other one was you know get into the community and really you know if you want if you want to do something like this if you want to go and do a podcast or or a stream or something like that with that thinking of who you are try and make that you know there's a lot it's a saturated market out there you know there's a lot of actual players out there in the world and there's a lot with a very that with you know with certain focuses you know that kind of you can be you can kind of group them i'm not saying that that's a bad thing it's great that like they all have their own individuality but you know if you want if you come and show us what you're about you know show us what you're doing and that's when you'll find something special you know that's how you, you know, give give a person one square meter they uh, and a piece of paper they'll make something completely different to the person next to it and that's what you need to do yeah and as i said the community's there for anyone i think and they're very welcoming i mean i know i'm not i've heard that facebook and other places can be a bit difficult but the twitter and discord community is generally really great like you know 99.9% of everyone out there is out there for for helping each other out and just wanting to talk more about this so if you're not come and say hello because we're all here i mean if you want to reach out to me like my dms are open and uh you know i will always be there to offer any advice or help that anyone wants like i i, I mean as much as that how how useful that would be i don't know but at any time like seriously i will try and make time for people as much as i can that leads perfectly into the last question which is what projects are you working on and then where can people find your content and interact with you Right. So, yeah. So, as I said about the Dun Dragon's Duel, beginning of January, we did like we over the Christmas period, we recorded some session zero sort of things because I wanted to we're going to kickstart straight into an actual play that leads off from these like mini campaigns we've done and people might not have caught them. And so I've and we're going to come back to podcasts, which is the thing, like as well as being on stream because the actual play will work much better. The co The current game show does not work on a podcast now because it's just mental <laughs> and it goes on for three hours. But yeah, so we've got we've done some session zeros and that sort of does a little brief recap of what the story is. And we're sort of introducing our characters, our new players, because we've got some some players who are amazing, like uh, Chloe uh, in the in our European game, uh, Chloe. Chris, Will, and Luke, and then we're going to have an American team that will be that I'll keep secrets about because there's an American team that is like the split universe, but they're cool and they're going to be DM'd by Kyle from Play Nerd Allies, and so we're going to have two actual plays running on Twitch on Friday night. So yeah, on a Friday night at 10 p.m. Uh, UK, 5 p.m. Eastern, it's going to be uh, the darkest timeline, Doo -doo -doo. and I think the first one of that will be this week this week on friday the 28th and then on the saturday evenings it's dragon's jewel the shattered realm which is like the, ma the, the main one <laughs> the main one <laughs> is the one i'm dming and actually the first episode is guest dm as i said but that's on a saturday night 9 p.m uk 4 p.m eastern that sounds like a lot of fun yeah and so everybody if you haven't had a chance to check out dragon's jewel yet perfect opportunity you can catch the other campaigns on the Friday and Saturdays uh, afternoon or evening, depending on where you live. So yeah, thanks so much for joining me, Hamilton. Really appreciate it. And I know we, you and I have kind of been chatting for probably six to eight months now. 
and uh, I'm glad that we finally got something on the calendar where we could uh, we could hang out together. So this has been a lot of fun. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yes, no. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to chat with you. I'm, I, you know, it's always weird talking about yourself for for an hour. I always say this whenever I've done like interviews. It's like I'm not used to this. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's it's really enjoyable. And it's nice just to be talking about like I, I love the show and I love how what it what the the premise of it this sort of idea of just giving advice to people out there. And I think the more that there is that I would have had when I started, the better. So yeah, glad to be a part of it. Thank you for listening to How Not to DM. Now it's time for a sneak peek into next week's guest, Guy Sklanders from How to Be a Great GM. And we just watched them for about five or so minutes. And then my grandmother said, all right, that's that's enough. We mustn't intrude too much. We must go back. So then we left them. And of course, later on, I learned, oh, that was gnats. It was literally bugs floating around a bush, but it was the sunlight that made it look magical. But it was that that transportation away from everything into this magical world that kind of set me on the path to hear more about guy's encounter with the fae and how it helped mold him into a tabletop fan and game master tune into next episode remember to check out my patreon if you haven't already for even more sneak peeks next time you get a chance share this episode with your friends and family around your table also spotify has just added the rating feature for podcasts so make sure to give how not to dm five stars same goes for Apple Podcast users. Reviews help me find new ears. My new intro and outro music is by Daniel Zombo. The Quickfire Chaos music is by Exacat, and the Quickfire Chaos mood music was by Arcane Anthems. Check out the episode notes for more of their great work. And, as always, until next time, roll some net 20s for me. <laughs>